Happy holidays and welcome to Certain Point of View. Now is the season of our Christmas content, which means we plan on watching those new Christmas movies so you don't have to. I'm Frankie. And I'm John. And today we're talking about Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. A lot of people have been really hype about this fantasy musical coming out because unlike a lot of Christmas movies, it features a primarily black cast. Yeah, I think that the the only white person that I can remember is Geronicus's banker the banker and a handful of people in the background the dancers yeah like a couple of children that's it but everyone with a speaking role was pretty much a person of color except for the banker and it was pretty all-star cast we had Forrest Whitaker and we had Keegan-Michael Key and a bunch of actors and actresses who I don't really know, but I'm hoping we'll see more of in the future. Aniki Noni Rose, I believe, voice acted Tiana in Princess and the Frog. I haven't seen Princess and the Frog. I haven't yet either, which I need to fix. Yeah. You know what I just realized? What? The movie's called Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey, and one of our main characters is named Journey. Yes. I just... You just picked that up. I thought you were talking about the actors. I was like, there is no one on this list that I've written out that is named Journey. What are you talking about? No, I noticed it when I looked up at your notes. I'm like, a Christmas Journey. Oh! Madeline Mills played Journey. That was her character's name. I completely blanked on that because when we were watching it, we were thinking of it as just Jingle Jangle. I found the subtitle A Christmas Journey while I was looking up some notes for it. This movie came out on November 6th. It's available on Netflix now. And as I mentioned before, it is a full-on musical. The idea behind this movie is that Geronicus Jangle, the world's greatest inventor, had his inventions or his book of inventions stolen from him by his apprentice, Gustafsson. And a sentient Don Juan doll voiced by Ricky Martin. So right off of the bat, you know, this movie's going to be absolutely wild and wonderful. There were a lot of really beautiful songs, a lot of beautiful costuming. Every single person in this movie was just gorgeous. Yeah. Everyone was amazing. The idea of the movie was that This is a story being told to two young children, and the whole idea was that Geronicus Jangle lost faith in himself, and it was about his granddaughter teaching him to believe in himself and in others again. Yeah, belief played a huge part in this movie, both in the eventual resolution of it and as magic? Yeah. Math magic. Math magic. Fueled by belief. Um, Cassandra Killian would approve, I'm sure. Yeah, mathematics. Yeah. Let's talk about the things that we really liked about it. Well, we've already talked about the casting, Mm -hmm. um, which was great and wonderful. The songs were great. The songs were were absolutely delightful. It was all very well sang. There was great choreography going on along with all of the dancing. They were all bops. Madeline Mills sang a song where the lyrics were primarily nonsense, but she sang it with such power and such confidence that it was incredibly moving and amazing to see. And, oh, the hairstyles, the hairstyles. Yeah. All of the hair, all of the styling, it was just so intricately and thoughtfully done. You could tell that this movie was a labor of love for everyone who wanted to see their cultures represented. I mean, Ricky Martin's character was delightfully evil and absolutely wonderful. Um, But I I would not have guessed that that was Ricky Martin's voice uh, coming from that doll until I looked it up on IMDb. The Don Juan doll was bad from go. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, it's Don Juan. It's it's a character. trust a character named Don Juan. It's it's a character who, if I'm remembering correctly, is just obsessed with himself to like a narcissus level. 
Never trust a character named Don Juan. No. Another really great thing I want to talk about is the relationship between Jessica and Geronicus. Jessica was Geronicus's daughter, and when everything went wrong for him, he drove Jessica away. They had a very rocky relationship. It started off really loving and supportive, and then when Geronicus fell into his deep depression, he pushed her away. But that relationship does get resolved in a way that feels really natural and really wholesome. There are no stereotypical relationships, I feel. I feel that A lot of stories that feature people of color tend to fall back on really toxic or troubling relationships, but nothing in this particular movie played into those toxic and oppressive stereotypes. Right. We didn't have the stereotype of the deadbeat dad who walks out on his family or like can't get a job or like any of the, the very negative things that we see in a lot of media is just Geronicus Jango was going through some shit and he didn't handle it very well. There was one particular song between a grown-up Jessica and Geronicus that really moved me to tears. His relationships between fathers and daughters will always make me emotional, but this made me emotional in a I really wish that was the relationship I had kind of way. Yeah. It was really sweet. Journey was an amazing character. Oh my <laughs> she god. She was so good. She just with her little like vest bandolier straps full of tools and her just like intuitive understanding of math and stuff and her like ability to like just like visualize and draw stuff in the air is great. There is a moment where she was trying to do something and someone told her or someone said to her, like, why would you do that? And she said, because no one said I can't. Yes, that was um, that was Edison. Edison. Yes, that was when they were up in the attic right before uh, they turned on the magic robot. Yes. There are robots that move of their own accord. There's magic, such as the square root of possible. There's... The second derivative of spectacular, I yep. think, was one of them. It's a lot of very silly math magic yeah because like at one point they're having a snowball fight and geronicus uses math that he draws on a window to bounce a snowball off of a building and presumably a few signs and stuff to hit his granddaughter in the back of the head and like that's not how snowballs work but who cares it was adorable because it's the first time this old man smiled since everything went to poop another one of the good things about this movie that i wanted to make sure that we mentioned was how great the costuming was yes it was i want to say victorian inspired that feels like it could be right there were very over-the-top suits ladies with petticoats it was very vibrant it was oh my god so many so many bright colors a lot of plaids involved Mm -hmm. i think maybe more regency era oh yeah because, you know what you're um, right i think it's more regency gustafson had that bright green coat with okay. the um fancy button loops and the epaulets on the shoulders and that's very like war of 1812 military style regency sounds more right yeah but all of the characters were wearing these bright beautiful colors a lot of reds a lot of blues there was a yellow plaid suit that i remember you admiring gustafson and everyone in his factory was wearing like deep emerald green yeah it was very the dark wizard of oz kind <laughs> yeah. of vibe to it gustafson was like a mashup of the wizard of oz and willy wonka <laughs> Also, there are these 
animated dolls that serve as the transition scenes because the mechanic for telling the story is actually a storybook. And in order to move through the years, instead of seeing a montage of the real life people, we see these kind of sculpted dolls acting things out and it looks like animatronics. Yeah. And the best part is, is that like, it's not just a thing that they decided to switch over to for the purpose of storytelling. It's like an actual book that this woman is is holding that like we see at least at the end like the we figures have the come too. out of and then they eventually recede back into it it was a very cool uh, mechanic and a really cool invention every invention in this movie is super duper cool even the ones that don't work super well <laughs> the whirly twirly was cool i disagree <laughs> the whirly twirly was a terror well yes it was a terror because it didn't have the gyroscopic stabilizer that it needed but if it had worked it was cool i think if it worked it would have given me a lot of anxiety (laughs) it's just a floating robot boy i love him i don't know i find that highly suspect speaking of floating robot boys do we want to talk about the belief collapsing the waveform yeah i guess that brings us into the next part the stuff that didn't work quite as well yeah there was a lot of disbelief that we were asked to suspend throughout this movie for certain things to work for example uh just to like take it all the way back to the beginning we make a sentient doll using some weird tube thing that he gets in a box and i don't think it's ever really explained what that thing is no we never are told what it is it is labeled final ingredient that's it yeah and then like somehow it's able to create a sentient doll okay a lot of the fantasy that we're asked to just buy into right out i can like i can let go And just be like, oh, this is a quirky story that we're being told. So that's why it says final ingredient, because we're not actually in the moment. We're being told this. So I could let go of that. I could let go of the sentient doll. What I could not let go of was the random flying. There was just random flying. Yeah. And I didn't get it or why, because it didn't feel necessary. and I felt like it didn't add to anything. I can sort of get it because the robot, the Buddy 3000, it literally turns on and is able to do stuff. And it does some pretty wild stuff because people believe in it. And I, I guess the point of the movie was that like with by believing in yourself and in the stuff that you make, you can do anything. And I guess that includes flying, but it is a little unnecessary. I felt by adding in so many fantasy elements, it weakened the overall narrative structure. Yeah, I, I, I can get that. It was definitely a weird thing. There's a character named Ms. Johnston who was trying very hard to seduce Geronicus. And she had this song where she was trying to convince him to smile and to get out of his depressive funk. And while the message of the song, I felt, was very appropriate, the fact that it was being done in a way to seduce him felt really inappropriate. This man's wife died and daughter left. What are you doing? Yeah. Also, don't tell people to smile. I've only ever had one adult do that to me, and it was the most awkward and embarrassing moment of my entire life, and I hated it so much. 
Yes, of course, don't tell random people to smile. That's not what this song was about, though. This song was about, I have known you for 30 years, and you're depressed as all hell, and you really need to get out of this funk. And that is something a friend says to another friend. But because there was this added element of, get out of this funk, so maybe we can have some romance... That's what took it into a completely different direction for me. Yeah, that song felt particularly unnecessary, especially considering that, like, what happens immediately next, which yes. is that, like, then Geronicus's banker comes in, who's apparently been just cool with his utter lapse in creativity for 30 years. That's a very chill banker. It's a very chill banker. And I'm pretty sure it's because he has a crush on Geronicus, but that's for the end of the movie. But anyway, 30 years go by and the dude comes in. He's like, oh, uh, BT dubs, your loan's finally coming due. And if you don't figure out something by Christmas, we're going to throw you out onto the street. And the fact that what happened immediately before this was this super awkward song just kind of took the wind out of the sails of that scene and it didn't hit i think as hard as they wanted it to yeah also miss johnston is a great character aside from that moment yes she's an amazing character and i love her a lot she's the town uh post woman and she has this shiny red postal truck she's very funny she's very sweet she's very musical she cares a lot about geronicus but this intensity she has about wanting to get married again i don't know it taints the good things about her it does something else that didn't work for me was that we find out pretty much in the third act that journey was behind her going to visit her grandfather in the first place when we the viewer had been led to believe that jessica received a letter from geronicus saying that he wished to spend some time with his granddaughter. Yeah, it was very confusing in the scene where she first showed up and was speaking to him because he seemed to have no recollection of having written this letter and were led to believe as the audience, I guess, that he was just very distracted and forgot. But we find out in like the last 15 minutes of the movie that like, no, his granddaughter just pulled a fast one on both uh, her mom and on him. That just doesn't make sense to keep from the audience. Yeah. It doesn't add anything whatsoever. You could have just had a real little scene of Journey writing the letter and then being like, slipping it into the mailbox and that would have been that would have been all i needed yeah there were a lot of little things that added up that just didn't work like uh the actor who played edison unfortunately wasn't very good next to madeline mills madeline mills was a powerhouse and this poor little boy who had to play edison just like would flatly say a line have no emotion on his face yeah. Or have one emotion and not easily transition to another one like a normal person. And it could have just been that Edison was a very awkward young young man. I guess it could have been. I it just he was very stiff. Yes. And very wooden. Yes, he was. And when you have so many amazing actors, why is that the part that you just don't bother that much with? Yeah, and Edison was a very important role. He was like one of our two main kid protagonists. Though I do love every moment where he tried to get Journey to be his apprentice and she just looked at him like, are are you real? Excuse me, I'm better than you at all of this. Excuse you. (laughs) What else didn't work? Uh, when Journey's mom just puts her in a carriage full of a bunch of other random people and sends her just off sends her on her own herself. 
to the big city. I guess this is a magical world where nothing bad ever happens to kids because that's not great parenting, Jessica. Well, a man of color did hit a white police officer with a snowball and nothing bad happened to him. So I I guess it truly is a fantasy place. The state of the world that we live in and how anxious I was in that scene says a lot. I mentioned before that there were these uh, transition animations where there were little like animatronic dolls. I almost wish that the entire thing had been done in that animation. It would have taken away from the Don Juan doll. That's the only thing. But the animations were just so beautiful that I wish you had just committed straight through. They were they were very very lovely. The the animation was almost a sunshiny version of of Tim Burton. Yeah. Cuz like you had like just like the black eyes and you had like the 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 very rough features like they were carved from from wood but like it was it was delightful and it was it, the transitions were beautiful it was like a happy ending coraline type of thing that, see that's exactly yeah. the movie i was thinking of coraline was the vibe that i got as well yeah but like happy and nothing sad <laughs> nothing sad happens in the movie except for everything that happened to Geronicus, which was very, very sad. Yes, Geronicus did go through a very hard time. Yeah. Um for thirty years. That feels like an unnecessarily long time jump also. Yeah. Thirty years is a very long time to be suffering and depressed and to watch all of your inventions just be sold for money that could have been yours, should have been yours. Sold for money by your apprentice who just stole all of your stuff after getting brainwashed by your sentient doll. (laughs) Brainwashed, negged, and manipulated. All in one scene. Don Juan was alive for five minutes and was like, ah, a patsy. (laughs) Well, he is Don Juan. Uh, I think that is really it for what didn't work. There's one last thing that I I do want to mention, though, and it's it's what happens to the Don Juan character right at the end. Oh, yeah. This is a a, a sentient doll. He has been alive for- I wasn't sure if we should talk about it because it's kind of a a spoiler. Ooh, ooh, you're right. Um, We we have talked about some spoilery things, but- Okay, so just know that I don't like it. And when you get to it, maybe you'll understand and feel free to at me. It does open a very questionable line of thinking. It is a morally and ethically uh, area. Yeah. As I mentioned before, there were too many fantasy elements. And by oversaturating the film, it made the narrative arc that much harder to follow. I actually think that Jingle Jangle would be more successful or make more sense if it were a Broadway show. Yeah, yeah, we we talked about that after we were done watching it, that the sort of over-the-top fantastical elements of it might translate better to the stage where you sort of expect those things more. But that all being said, how many treetoppers do you give Jingle Jangle a Christmas Journey? I give Jingle Jangle a Christmas Journey four out of five treetoppers. Very, very good movie. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for some of the more fantastical things. I just wish I didn't have to work quite so hard at suspending it. Yeah, I also give Jingle Jangle a four. It was just so hard to follow sometimes, but it was so beautiful and definitely worth watching. So definitely sit down, watch it. Don't expect... For everything to make immediate sense, just enjoy all the pretty colors, all the beautiful fashion, 
the gorgeous hair, the costumes, Madeline Mills just being an amazing little girl. I, I want to know so much more about Madeline Mills. I think she's incredible. <laughs> she is absolutely, truly wonderful. And like Forrest Whitaker being a grumpy old man. Like there's so, so, so many good things about it. I feel like Forrest Whitaker gets typecast into grumpy old man a lot. And I would like to give us a five out of five tree topper for not once making a joke about Riverdale. Why would we have done that? Because the drug in Riverdale is called Jingle Jangle. I completely forgot that. It's been so long since we've seen Riverdale. And honestly, it got so soap opera-y that I, I've blocked a lot of it out of... Well, I'm proud of myself for not making any jokes about Jingle Jangle. I'm proud of you as well now in retrospect. Five out of five tree toppers for me. No tree toppers for me. None for not remembering. Thank you so much for joining us for this limited run of Certain Point of View. Certain Point of View is a Certain Point of View production. Head over to CertainPOV.com to find a link to our Discord and join in the conversation. I'm Frankie. And I'm John. Thanks again for joining us and have a happy holiday. We love you. Bye. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.